Hey everyone, welcome back to the Netflix Movie Club Podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Noah. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the 2013 movie A Case of You. And I'll say right now, a spoiler warning, even though I don't really know if this movie could be spoiled. Yeah, like it's a a rom-com. Yeah, it's pretty, it's very, I mean we can talk about it a little more in depth, but it's like very cliche of what you'd expect. But, you know, spoiler warning. So if you if you want to go into this with spoilers, I guess you can <laughs> listen to it. But other than that, go watch it on Netflix and come back and listen to this podcast. So this movie is directed by Kat Corio, and it stars Justin Long as Sam and Evan Rachel Wood as Birdie. There's also a lot of side characters like some uh, I'll say that it had a surprisingly star-studded cast I was really surprised there's quite a few people that I didn't I had no idea that they were even gonna be in this one yeah Vince Vaughn I was like okay Vince Vaughn what are you doing in this like this indie flick I feel like he I mean his career has kind of been on like a downward slope recently but like still most of his movies still go to theaters and have a pretty wide debut also Sam Rockwell and um, Peter Dinklage and Brendan Fraser for some and reason out of nowhere. I haven't seen him since Looney Tunes. Like, he, what has he even been doing? I don't know. Probably nothing. Apparently, indie movies. Yeah, he kind of looked like a homeless man in this. He so, really like, he did. just kind of like showed up, maybe like on set. It was like, hey, can I have a job? <laughs> I don't know. So, but yeah, okay. Director wise, um, like in terms of direction, how did you feel about I, it? I felt like it wasn't standout directing. Um, it's very, like I said, it was very cliche. So I don't think, I don't know what they were going for if she was trying to like make like, I mean, she probably wasn't going for like an Oscar or anything like that. I don't know if she was going for like, oh my gosh, this movie is amazing. Or if she was like just trying to direct a decent movie. But I feel like it wasn't, there was nothing special about it. And, but this is, she hasn't directed a whole lot. A lot of her stuff that she's directed has been shorts and stuff. She's only directed, like, a handful of movies. So maybe this is, like, just her kind of figuring it out, taking, you know, some indie projects and stuff like that before she, like, kind of figures out what she wants to do. That makes sense. But what did you think, then? Uh, In terms of direction, I thought it was kind of, like, lazy. I think the most interesting, uh, maybe, like, in terms of, like, visual stuff, the most interesting part was, like, I think the opening where he was, like, trying to... You know, start on his book, and it kept on like f- going back mm. and forth. That was I thought that was, was pretty good, but other than that, I felt like the direction was kind of lazy on her part. I mean, no offense, like I, I guess you could say like this is sort of like a like you know it's like a quirky rom com, and that's like kind of what it was, but it wasn't anything that was trying to like break the mold. You know, it was it was what you see was what you got. Uh, and actually, something we also about is who wrote it. Because um, it was actually written by Justin Long. It was Justin Long and his brother. And Keir or Kerr O'Donnell, his roommate. Oh, okay. All, so they all wrote it. This is all their only writing credit. This is the first thing they've written. So I can... That's interesting. So I can see that. I, I mean, it was very... They didn't take a lot of risks. I know, it, like it was. we said it was very cliche. So it was like very cut and paste. They're like... These characters, the story, pretty much. So I can't like slam them too hard for it because it did have decent writing, but it was written more like a comedy, I felt, than a rom com. Like, I kind of want to say I didn't feel a whole lot for the romantic side. No, like, I think that was the weakest part 
but there mm-hmm. was it definitely was like a funny enjoyable movie it's not like a you know an amazing movie but it mm-hmm. certainly was entertaining i yeah i want to say that it felt almost forced um With their the relationship romance, definitely and like some of the scenes like their relationship as a whole it felt really forced it didn't feel like they meshed that well and there was a lot of scenes like if you want to talk about that kind of stuff that felt really weird and forced like we should talk about the story though kind of first oh Is yeah, that, yeah um you have Justin Long, who's a hack writer. Um, he writes like the novelizations for movies. It was like a Twilight type of thing, and like he had written the uh, the novel version of it or something. Like like if the movie came first, mm-hmm. he was the guy who would like adapt it into a book. And, you know, he meets uh, he meets he's at a coffee shop writing, which is like very hipster. First yeah, of all, very very. And uh, he sees Birdie, and long story short, he like finds her on Facebook, stalks her, essentially stalks her, looks at like her entire profile, everything she likes, all of her statuses and stuff, and just like creates himself off of that stuff so that he is like her ideal person. And then it, you start, they fall in love and he gets really, after she actually says, I love you, he gets very like uncomfortable because he's like, oh, she hasn't fallen in love with me. He's, she's fallen in love with who I've created. Like, oh, this girl doesn't really know who I even am. I also, there, I had a couple comments about that. Um, is that the scene when he like has his breakdown at the art gallery, which came out of nowhere i felt yeah. like yeah definitely and he was like you don't know anything about me blah 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 you don't know what i like and it's like that's not because you created this person it's because you didn't explore that part of your relationship that's kind of what i thought i didn't feel like she didn't know anything about him because he was like only focusing on her and like he created this person i don't know i felt like that was like a weak excuse also it came across like he was like angry at her yeah even though he was the one who like created this whole situation in mm-hmm. the first place like he should have just came out and said it instead of being like a jerk about the whole thing that was just like that annoyed me throughout that entire scene yeah i know i even wrote that i was like wow this guy is a jerk like suddenly just out of nowhere and that was like one of the scenes that felt very forced i don't know i can't like i said you, you gotta blame some of it on the writing you know, it's a new thing, so they'd have to get their flow down a little bit in transition and kind of showing emotions more. Yeah. Would you say that uh, you like the main character, uh, Sam? Oh, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I, he's definitely my least favorite character in the entire movie. Like, I was not Which I think is funny at all. because when he's, like, pitching his book, which is about his relationship that's even what the people at the meeting were saying they yeah were i was like, like yep uh-huh they're exactly right and he's trying to protest it it's like no dude you're like you're way in the wrong yeah interesting it was interesting um what was your i'm gonna move ahead a little bit so what did you think of characters wise of like some of like we you know like we said there was like the big actors what did you think of their characters, specifically Peter Dinklage? Peter Dinklage was probably, like, one of my favorite parts. I know. It was, like, so hilarious, but also terrible. That was so terrible. It really was. Like, it was so, like, cringy, but, like, every time, like... <laughs> honestly, I would have preferred if there was, like, an entire movie dedicated to Strahd. Strahd? Not Gerard. Strahd. Strahd. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, he... 
Yeah, I think he was Every way more funny. Every scene that he was than... in, I was just, like dying. It was so dumb. Honestly, the scene where where the part where he's like on the other side of like the window and he's like mixing milk or butter or in whatever like a he's super doing. suggestive way. <laughs> that was hilarious. Or just like his like jokes that don't really like work at all, and then everyone's just like, "Okay, this is awkward." <laughs> but for the most part, I want to say about the story is that it felt like and character and like mixing all that stuff together. I felt like it had a lot of potential. Um, especially coming from Justin Long, who actually is kind of like a big rom-com guy. Like, he's been in quite a few things. You would think that he knows his way around. Exactly. Um, Like, the concept, I think, or, like, the themes in this movie are good. It's just the execution was mm -hmm. just, like, decent at best. Yeah, I feel like, like I was saying, I feel like I had a lack of potential. I mean, you should have made use more of the star power that you had on hand. Peter Dinklage, Vince Vaughn, Sam Rockwell... Like, that's something that you definitely should have, um, you know, utilized. Because I felt like their characters, or, like, them as actors were kind of wasted as, mm -hmm. like, you know, random jokes scattered throughout the movie. Like, they, they're they really good comedians, mm -hmm. I would say. So, like, it's uh, uh, Peter Dinklage, Sam Rockwell, Vince Vaughn, Brendan Fraser, and uh, Busy Phillips. I don't know if you watch, um, is that Cougar Town? It's it's I mean it sounds weird but it's actually a really funny show. I know what she's you're talking it. about. Uh, it's the uh, it. it's the roommate's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's actually like really funny, and I felt that she and like a lot of these other side characters and actors were like really like wasted for sure. Which is interesting because while I felt it had a lot like we feel like it had like a lack of potential, a lot of wasted potential. Um, I felt like they were trying very 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 hard to make this like an indie movie, like a hipsty in hipsty hipster indie movie. Um, like, like we said, you got the coffee shops, you got the writer who's writing the coffee shop, you got the hippie retreat, the soundtrack. Yeah. You have the, the New York chic that they always focus on. You have like music that like hipster indie people are going to listen to Joan Baez, you know, people reading like Walt Whitman and Charles Darwin for fun. Yeah. That's like their favorite book. I'm like, who are these people? These are like, these are exactly like cardboard cutouts of They're hipsters. They're like caricatures yeah. almost in a sense. So I think that was like it's interesting to see something that is like trying very hard but also not using a lot of what they have. Um, but what would you then rate it? If I were to give it a rating? Yeah, like out uh, of 10. Maybe like five, but that's not to say that it's not enjoyable. Like if this is like it's a rom-com, like if you want to like go – and watch this on like maybe like date night or whatever, and then just talk about like how mm -hmm. cheesy it was. It's a it's a good movie. It'll be a good time. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Actually, I said realistically, it's a five out of ten. But you know, I might watch it again because I was legitimately cracking up at a lot of those parts. Yeah. Um, but I also kind of like rom coms, if I'm being honest. Same. They're I simple, mean, mind numbing, and stuff. And this was like you know, like we said, very cut and paste. You know, from the like you could you could guess from the beginning what was going to happen. You have the two characters who like super awkward which was super awkward by the way the whole thing with the roommate and his yeah, endeavors okay. what was that he only liked pictures of old celebrities yeah in like their he, current like carrie fisher now and yeah. stuff like that it was like why is this even a part of the movie why is it such a large part of the movie and they totally like glossed over like how him and his girlfriend got back together after yep. he was you know going to town on like a martha stewart magazine or whatever <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're compromising. It's like, what does that even mean? I thought it was really interesting. 
Um, I'm and like, like, I don't know did exactly you notice what we how, can say. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, did you notice how she was like holding it as they were going to yeah. the, the retreat or whatever? <laughs> that was so awkward. That was interesting that they broke up over that. He's like, we broke up. Uh, I didn't want to get rid of my file. And she gave me the ultimatum, her, the file. And I chose the file. I'm like, why? <laughs> Like, <laughs> how much of myself am I going to have to get rid of in order to, like, you know, make this relationship work? It's like, dude, what? Delete the file. It's such a dumb thing. Like, to look be held at what you're on. doing. This is not. No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was. I feel like that was very much. It was like they were trying to do by do using that situation. They were kind of trying to teach, teach Justin Long a lesson. You know, they were saying, like, how he was changing himself for that relationship. They were trying to say. Like, show him the message, like, oh, I shouldn't have to change myself through that encounter. But it felt like they could have done it a better way. Yeah. It was such a bizarre, weird thing. But, yeah, it's very, like, rom-com. You have, you know, the characters, they awkwardly fall in love, and it's like, oh, my gosh, they're together all the time. And, oh, my gosh, something happens. They split up. Oh, dear, what's going to happen? And then at the end, you even have the, like, totally cliche, joyous, you know, they've gone back together even have like they're running in the street like him trying to get to her oh my gosh i can't get a cab guess i better run like all that stuff is like very cliche yeah that was like really like not entirely but like kind of like uh the graduate the graduate a little bit like oh running to the mm-hmm. to the girl and yeah i don't know if graduate started that but that's like a thing no that, for sure yeah i think that was like but what, that's like a thing that's in like tons of like romantic movies or romantic comedies um so i, I don't know I feel like they could some people some of the critics said that it that liked it because a lot of people didn't it got generally unfavorable reviews but a lot, some of the critics that liked it kind of thought that it was trying it was it knew what it was it was being very self-aware that it was like very cliche they very were utilizing indie. the cliches like yeah that's what some people said but I feel like that's I feel like that's giving it a little too much credit yes that's what I was gonna say is that I feel like if they were going for that it would have been a little more evident I feel like if you're gonna try to go for being a self-aware movie something like we watched last week like Turbo Kid it knew what it was and for it sure. made it did the best with what it could and which was great um, this movie felt like if it was trying to do that it didn't execute like we said it had a lot of execution problems it didn't execute that amazingly like there's something you can do with cliches that make them fun, you know, reinvent them, make them new. Um, but this kind of it fell didn't flat. Do that. Yeah, exactly. Some other, you know, interesting stuff um, that isn't necessarily related to the movie. I had actually never heard of Evan Rachel Wood before. No. I yeah. Apparently, she's in a lot of stuff though. Yeah, I I knew her from uh, Across the Universe, which is like a Beatles musical. Oh really? Yeah, like the it's like. Uh, people in like 60s New York and uh, there's this guy that's coming from like the UK and he's trying to like find his father this whole thing but like it's it's essentially like a musical full of Beatles songs and it's about like Vietnam uh, the anti-war movement and just a bunch of different things and there's this whole like romance subplot and she is like the main like female lead and she was actually really good so it was funny that um, there's a point in the movie where she actually sang Mm-hmm. That that was pretty cool because like she she's a, actually a really good singer. I was gonna say I didn't know if that was like a fake thing, but it, she did sound very very good. Something I was gonna say was that in her profile picture she's got in the movie she's got those heart shaped glasses on, and she used to. Do you know who Marilyn Manson is? Yes, the rocks, the crazy rock star. <laughs> she used to date him. Really? And she wore those glasses. I am in a music video for his song Heart Shaped Glasses. 
Huh. Which, you know, <laughs> this isn't related to the movie, but that feels very literal. <laughs> yeah. Um, Peter Billingsley, which was the guy that was next to Vince Vaughn in their pitch meeting, is the is Ralphie from Christmas Story. I thought he looked familiar. He looked I was like, familiar and I that? couldn't tell who it was. But yeah, he wore <clears throat> black rimmed glasses, which is they didn't say it in like I no one none of the director or writers said it was a direct shout out. <laughs> uh said it was a direct shout out. <laughs> Nobody knows what just happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Mike things. Uh it's cool. Nobody said it was a direct like reference, but he wore black rimmed glasses in the movie and he wore them in a Christmas story. And so that was like a little little tease nod. Yeah. Um, something funny I thought was that it's the case of you is actually a Joni Mitchell song. Um, okay, because that that makes sense. I was like, why is it called a case of you? Because it didn't make sense with like yeah the like everything about it. Yeah, I, I thought so too. But listen, it was a Joni Mitchell song that wasn't in the movie. They didn't get rights to it. That's weird. Yeah, I'm like, why didn't you change the name? It would have made at that way point. more sense to change the name because like. Like, you had don't the Joan Baez song that was, like, heavily in there. Why not name it after that? I don't even remember what it was called. Rustin something. But why not name it after that or something different? But I feel like naming it after a song you didn't get rights to and isn't in the movie at all makes zero sense. So, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, we talk about critic reviews and stuff. It currently sits at a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Understandable. Which is about what we rated it. Um, a 38 on Metascore, um, or 38 Metascore on Metacritic, um, 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and like we said, yeah, some people who liked it said that it was aware of what it was, and, you know, I don't really think so. Um, and then other people just slammed it because they felt like it was forced and it didn't have heart. Everything felt very superficial, and I can definitely agree with that. Um, but something that I normally like to talk about because I think it's kind of interesting is budget. They don't have their budget posted anywhere. Really? Like, normally I find that on, like, Wikipedia or IMDb, nothing. And so it kind of made me wonder what the budget really was because, you know, Turbo Kid had, like, a couple million dollar budget. Who did it have in it? Michael Ironsides? And then everything else was, you know, effects probably and, and like, for big dollars. This movie had big names. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the budget went towards these, like, side characters who happen to be, like, really big actors. Yeah, so I, you know, that's, that's what I was saying too, is that well, if they're going to spend so much money, you know, we don't know how much they spent, but if they were going to spend so much money um, to have these actors in the movie, I feel like they would have gave them more screen time. You would have, you would think. Um, some other interesting stuff about the movie is that Bertie Hazel and Sam Newman, I think is his last name, um, both actually have real Facebook accounts that are still up today. Really? Yeah. Uh, Sam's doesn't have anything on it. It has a profile picture that has Justin Long. Um, Birdie's though has, it's not active anymore. Like they made a bunch of fake statuses and stuff on like one day, probably before the movie came out at some time. But it's like got the same profile picture with the heart shaped glasses. It's got like photos of her. It has drawings that she's done or like paintings and stuff. It has the real status about the guitar that was in the movie. Uh, it had the, you know, she, in the movie, she shared the, um, link to the Joan Baez song. You know, that's on there. Um, the post about like the rock climbing thing or whatever I don't that she think, was talking about? I don't think that one's on there. Okay. They didn't have all the ones that were in the movie, but they had like a bit of stuff and they had some stuff that wasn't in the movie too. Was this up like before the movie had premiered? Was this like a viral marketing type of yes, thing? Yes, I think it was. I don't know how, how early it was like before. 
because it was this movie came out in 2013 and i don't it can't i think it was the tribeca film festival is where it premiered i don't know what time of year that is but i think that all this stuff was posted on like august 13th or august 30th which i think is about the same time so yeah. i don't know if it was like they had them way in advance or they just had them they're like hey let's just do this because it's about facebook you you follow like the uh, the Cloverfield ARG stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if there's like a case of you, ARG, like oh man, is this is this not. song if in game? If it was, that was probably just yeah. <laughs> this is in game. Everything's in game. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh! But I feel like if that's what they were trying to do, something like that, then it didn't make sense to me. Like yeah. I feel like nobody would have saw that, considering nope. Birdie's only friend is Sam, and Sam's only friend is Birdie. Really? Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> That's really sad. Especially because she's making statuses all the time. Who loves Yeah, did you notice like how in the movie when they're like show like what's on the computer and like it was like Birdie's status updates, nobody liked anything. I just thought that was really funny. I didn't notice that. But yeah, like nobody liked it. because she's got anything. one friend and he doesn't want, want her to know yeah. that he's there. <laughs> um, so I wrote a couple notes. There wasn't like a whole lot of stuff to talk about throughout the movie. I wrote a couple notes as we were like, as I was watching it, um, is that in the beginning-ish, he's signing books at the bookstore. And there's that girl that comes in named Sarah. And I had no idea what their relationship was until the very end. Like, what you know were they trying to about? say? Yeah. Was that supposed to be like his ex or something? It was his ex because I didn't, I thought it was just like a friend or something. Yeah. She's like, oh my gosh, I used to know your parents. They were like, or like, I remember your parents. They were like the perfect couple, all that stuff. Oh my gosh. It's so good to see you. And I was like, okay, maybe there's like friends from college or high school or something. But then she's like, guess where I'm going with my husband to blank place, which was really weird. I had no idea where it was. And he's like, where? And she's like, oh, you know, that's the place where my family's from. I can't believe you don't remember. Uh, And she got all sassy with them. And I was like, oh, I guess they used to date. Like, that's just, I think it was like a classic, or not a classic, a perfect example of under execution and like not a lot of meaning because I didn't. Yeah, that that I scene, didn't understand what was happening. I thought it was a friend. It's like, oh, that's his ex. Why is why is this significant? Yeah, that scene and that character like literally had no significance to the story at all. I mean, like him, you know, doing the book signing and that kid walking up to him and like, ooh, where did you get the inspiration yeah. to kill off this character? Like, it's like that is understandable because like he hates his job. Yeah, but like the girl, like that was brought up once in that scene. I didn't know if it was like to guilt him or or make him feel like. All about himself because she was like, hey, you got a family? You got a girlfriend? You got any of this? And he's like, no. And then that was pretty much it. I feel like, and he was like, oh, no, I don't, you know. And I feel like, yeah, it was, they didn't make it very clear what the purpose was. And that could have probably been cut or at least rewritten. It could have been cut. I think so. Uh, Some other funny, funny parts that I thought was interesting and kind of unique or something is that he's, when he's. I don't know. remember when it was. I think it was after that. He's calling some person, and you just hear him ranting about, like, maybe not ranting. He's talking about Wasn't Birdie he talking about the girl? Yeah. And he's just, like, talking about her, and then, like, cuts, and he's talking to the, the Chinese guy at the, at the um, restaurant. At the restaurant. And he's like, hey, I got a people to talk to you, or I got other orders to do. And he's just, like, talking. I'm like, all right, this is kind of funny. Like, it was funny, but it's like, why don't you talk to your roommate? Why are yeah. you talking to a Chinese restaurant guy? Like, he, he's got stuff to do. I don't know. Something else I thought was really funny was that there's a really quick scene. I don't remember where he's going, where he walks into one of the buildings and there's a person outside who's like sitting on the ground with a cup. He like throws change in or whatever. And he's like, I'm not homeless. And he's like a hipster or something. That was so good. Was that like, was actually really funny. I was like, that's a really, yeah, it's a really funny nod because people always say homeless people or hipsters look like homeless people. Yeah. I thought it's that was, hard to tell the difference sometimes. That, was, that wasn't a joke. 
that I've seen before or like in a movie or anything. So I thought that was kind of funny. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, like the uh, it was sort of like a reoccurring joke every time they went to that uh, dance studio. Mm-hmm. There was like the old man. Oh my god! His name was Raymond. Raymond. Yeah, and like in the end, he's like, "What WTF?" I know. Like, I laughed so hard. I was like, "I think Raymond is my favorite character in the movie." <laughs> like I side with Raymond. Like I feel I, for him. Yeah, I don't think Birdie should have gotten with Sam at no, all. Ever. So it's like, you know what? Let's let's give Raymond a shot. Like you know, like he might be good. Something interesting that I think they kind of fell on or like wasn't good was that he's stalking her like straight up. Oh yeah. Stalking her Facebook profile, scouring it for details and stuff. Like, and, and she's then, in the end, she's completely yes, okay with the, it. Yeah, in the end, she's like, "Oh, I knew the whole time." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, first of all, like, that's a if, terrible precedent to set." Yeah, if if you knew that, why didn't you bring it up during that whole like you know the art yeah. place? Like, why didn't she bring it up there? Because like that would have, you know, probably de-escalated things. Because he was freaking out for mm-hmm. no reason. I don't know. Like. Just also, yeah, thoughts. why were you not creeped out? You're like, wow, this guy knows everything about me. This yeah, like really weird. Yeah, like, oh, he knows everything about me and we have all the same favorite things. Like, how is that not weird at all? And in the end, like she like, well, uh, Sam makes that comment about his book or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, did you finish a book? Yeah, it's, it's going to have a different ending. It's like eventually he's going to have that be published, right? Like that's going to be a yeah. thing. And she's going to see it. Is she? Yeah, she's going to see that. How is she not going to be freaked out about that? That he was writing a book about them? The entire time. That? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something I just actually remembered was that some people also thought that they were like, let's be original, kind of, and take on this rom-com from a you know social media perspective. Because like everybody uses social media nowadays, but there's not a lot of movies or rom-coms that focus on social media and relationships and stuff, which is a really big way that people connect nowadays. So that was kind of what they did, but I feel like that was very not as prevalent yeah, as it could have been. They didn't really address that theme as well as they should have, but I thought that was like an interesting theme that should be like addressed in some movies. I know like some movies, I mean, it's not in the exact same way, but like a movie like, say, uh, Spike Jones's Her, mm-hmm. that was kind of like how technology affects like relationships, relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like... Uh, also, well, nobody. Put, I'm just gonna say nobody puts that much information on their Facebook profile on top. Oh of that. no, no. Like, who updates their likes and books and stuff they like on their Facebook? Like, nobody. Nobody does that. So I feel like they were kind of grasping there. But in terms of like or the theme that it was like trying to get at, like, want to talk about that? Like, yeah. Like, in your opinion, has social media, the internet, technology, has it like positively or like negatively affected like? You know, like modern relationships. What do you think? I feel like it's a little bit of both. Um, some people are more comfortable, you know, sending a Facebook message or something like that. Um, myself included, I'd rather not talk to people. Oh, okay. Um, so, <laughs> so I can get. I mean, I think that's a benefit. You know, you get people out there more, but it also kind of keeps them in more, and it's kind of contradictive because they're like talking to more people, maybe, but they're not talking to people they're messaging them so i feel like it's a little bit of both also in you're putting so much of yourself out on the internet that allows people you know like the character sam or whatever to just like look at everything about you and that's kind of scary yeah like it provides the opportunity for like stalking and stuff and that's that's not good that's not okay Mm -hmm. what do you what do you think about it then uh i think like the character sam like perfectly like kind of like embodies like what's like bad about like social media and like technology with relationships like Sam is like looking at Birdie's like profile and stuff and like seeing 
everything that she likes and dislikes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, he's trying to be that person, but like in the end, it's like him trying to be that person or, you know, him as he gets to know her, he's realizing that her profile isn't, you know, who she is. Yeah. It's just, you know, this like, you know, whole thing of information, but like, it's not, it's not her. And like, you know, people have like these, like, you know, Facebook profiles, Twitter, uh, like Tinder or whatever, like you can fill out this information and put it up there. But like, that's not really, I mean, it provides the opportunity to like, you know, it's a t- like, I feel like it's more of like that kind of stuff is more like a topic of discussion. It's not who you are. It's very superficial. Like, yeah, you exactly. wouldn't know who I was at all based on like, I like this book or I like this movie. You might have some idea. You're not going to know who I am as a person though, really. And that's completely where the character of Sam went was like he was completely in the in the wrong. Like he mm-hmm. should have just been like more open. And like they talked about that uh, with like the the editor or whatever, where mm-hmm. they were like you know grilling him on the characters and stuff in his book. Like like he he had no idea how to open up, and mm-hmm. like by him doing all this it was just like he's digging a hole for himself. Like this that's not who he is, and that's mm-hmm. not who she is. Like and it's just like this whole like you know boiling pot of lies you know like i would also not. feel that you said that it's not who he is that something else about internet and facebook and stuff like that is it allows you to create somebody else that isn't you exactly like he did it very much so in person based on online stuff but people nowadays can just do it online you can just be whoever you want to be yeah and people will never you know it's possible they'll never I mean, be able to know you I mean, there's, like, catfish stuff where you're definitely not the same person as on there. But you could, like, put up a Facebook profile picture that is you and then just have lies on there. You're like, I like this book just to make yourself come across some way. Like, I could say, I really like The Origin of Species by Charles Darwin and come across, like... Just post stuff all about, like, science or whatever nonstop and people think, oh, this is... A smart guy or something like that, even though I'm like, I don't actually like any of this stuff. I just want people to think that I like this stuff. I think that's also something that the internet has created, you know, kind of a mask. Yeah. To hide behind of who you think you are, who you want to be, but isn't who you actually are. Interesting stuff. Deep stuff. If you want to, you could follow us at CMU underscore. It's the little line thingy. What is it called? It's underscore. Underscore. Okay. At CMU underscore (laughs) Netflix club. You can tweet at us and you can have this conversation. Do you think social media, the internet, technology has positively or negatively affected modern relationships? Let us know. We can talk about it. It's an interesting uh, topic. But, yeah. Do you think that's it? Do you want to talk about Netflix news or stuff? you want to say it for another time? Uh, let's talk about Netflix news. Do you have uh, some Netflix news? Yes. It's some stuff that we've already talked about, like, in the beginning. But we went over it. I like the first episode, we went over it very quickly. Um, some stuff is new, though. Is that this is new. Chris Rock was just paid $40 million by Netflix for two stand-up specials. Oh, Which dang. is an insane amount of money. That is who listens Crazy. to Chris Rock stand-up specials anymore? I don't like that. I mean, he's Chris like, Rock is good, like, but just yeah, like I feel I think like he's more of like a of comic of the past, really. Nobody's like he's not doing. He hasn't been doing much. I, I think he's still pretty relevant. It's just like, I just think that's like way too much money. It is a lot of money. Um, additionally, new stuff. I don't know if you know um, Miranda Sings on YouTube. No. Uh, she's kind of big, but I feel like she's more of like for the kid audience um she has a netflix series and it actually comes out today um the 14th i think that's interesting um that because normally you see youtubers get their series through youtube red Mm -hmm. i think she's might be the first one to get one 
through Netflix or through like a streaming service that you know isn't YouTube Red, and I think that's pretty cool. Could pave the way for like more, you know, YouTube content creators like you know to put up stuff mm-hmm. or be involved with things like on Netflix. Do you think that'll be a thing? Do you think this will like kind of I maybe I kind of hope that? so because I feel like there's a lot of um, YouTubers. Not all of them necessarily want to be on TV. Yeah, like there's some of them that are like you know. They definitely need to stay on YouTube, but there are people that are, like, good at what they do and, you know, they deserve to have, like, you know, more recognition and more mm-hmm. stuff being put out. Um, a big thing is that some sources are saying, that was alliteration, um, that uh, offline viewing for Netflix is coming by the end of the year. I heard about that. that Which is really something cool. that, like, the president or CEO of Netflix previously said it was never going to happen, but recently has said, oh, we're going to keep an open mind about it. Which would be really cool because, you know, not everybody has access to Wi-Fi. You want to do it on the go or something like that. That'd be really cool. But it hasn't been openly confirmed. So I feel like like it's coming at some point. I don't know if it's this year, but I feel like it definitely is coming. I think that's going to happen soon because I know Amazon Prime does that. Like you can download uh, movies or TV shows directly onto the app on your phone. Mm -hmm. And... I think that's like a big, a big thing that people are going to like latch onto. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's possible that could like steer people away from Netflix and go to Amazon prime. I have Amazon prime and Netflix. So it's like not a big deal, but like that could be like a deal breaker. And I could see Netflix wanting to, you know, hop on that and get, Mm -hmm. get in on that. Um, some other stuff, uh, we kind of, like I said, we kind of talked about the first episode, but stuff coming out this week are in the, days after this comes out is that um george clooney has a documentary um coming out on netflix on the 15th called being george clooney um huh this show it's very creative sounds interesting um glitch season one uh is coming to netflix which actually netflix has picked up for the second season so it's going to be produced through netflix uh for following seasons and that's about um, a show it's a show about where people come back from the dead but they're not zombies they're like in perfect health okay I feel like, like that's kind of been done like a lot though like I feel like I there's, there's always like, like some dark twist to it but yeah. apparently Netflix sees something in it because they picked it up so maybe they'll know. put a new twist on that you know idea yeah I, I mean I trust Netflix so uh, it's the 16th, um, Dark Matter Season 2, which we kind of, which I mentioned before and I didn't know anything about it. It's about um, six people who wake up on an abandoned spaceship and they don't know, like, what's going on at all. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. That's supposed to be, like, really good. I heard it was pretty good, too. Um, 21st, Black Mirror. <clears throat> oh, my God, my voice cracked. All the my. Are you going? No. <laughs> Black Mirror Season 3. Uh, comes I'm out. So pumped for that. I I've like I've only seen the one episode that you showed me from season one. Yes, it was uh that's, that was really fifteen good. million merits. I think mm-hmm. that's like my favorite episode of the entire series. And um, usually I think like there are only like three episodes per mm-hmm. like season, and this uh season that they're putting on Netflix is going to have six. I think it's something that we should actually consider watching. I think that'll be a cool, especially because like, it's kind of short. It'd be easy to at least cover cover a few episodes or something like that. For sure. Um, but yeah, it's very. It's like a Twilight Zone. We kind of talked about it. it's like a Twilight Zone for like the today. modern. Yeah, exactly. Like how technology affects people. Continuing that trend. But yeah, like it's very Twilight Zoney. And then also on the twenty first, um, we have Containment Season One is coming out, which I've never heard of, but it's about an epidemic. Um, that begins in Atlanta, probably from the CDC there. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, there's not a whole lot of stuff else. Come, there's like a little stuff. St- there's stuff I didn't mention because like probably nobody's gonna watch it. No, being... there's a. I think. I mean, correct me if I'm getting the na- the title wrong, but there is a uh, documentary called The Thirteenth. I that, believe. I think that already came out. That, that but, already came but out, yes. but that's supposed to be really good. It's about mass incarceration and systemic racism in the United States. Mm-hmm. It looks super interesting and thought provoking. It does, especially because I've seen a lot of their advertising. Advertising. Uh, advertising words are hard time <laughs> uh, and they've done a lot of stuff with the election and stuff like that like I've seen Certain a lot of candidates. Donald Trump <clears throat> I've seen a lot of Donald Trump uh, centered ads kind of slamming him I think that's an interesting take to go on especially for um, like something that they kind of want people to watch is yeah. that to slam a candidate I think but I, I think mean, it's I like, okay I feel like they know what they're going for there. for sure like who like what you know their like who they're targeting exactly uh, but yeah, we should consider watching that as well. It looks I think that'll be good. interesting. It's getting really good reviews. Okay, and then next week, it's October now. Halloween. Um, so we're going to watch some spooky movies. Spooky. Spoopy movies. Spoopy. <laughs> Too spoopy for me. Uh, we're going to watch VHS, the first VHS movie, which is uh, kind of an indie movie. I don't think it went to theaters. It's, um, yeah, I think it didn't go to theaters. It might have had a very small release. If it I did. think so. Um. I think it's one of those ones that kind of debuted a fume, a fume. A f- I can't, a can't fume. talk today. It's okay, Tom. It's okay. <laughs> I can't. Uh, a film festival, and then like a company brought it, bought it from there, and then produced dis- it and distributed, distributed it. it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's a creepy movie. So if you're not into that kind of thing, then you don't have to watch it. You can listen to this if you if you want. I would to. appreciate we can if you listen to you. this. Yeah, listen. It won't to be it. as scary, probably. Yeah, we'll we'll tone it down. It'll be okay. <laughs> But it's an anthology about these people that find tapes in a house, and it's kind of like a bunch of creepy stuff on the tapes. Ooh. It's very. It's, I actually I've seen it. I have not. And so we're gonna kind of get that kind of difference in here. Um, but it's a good movie. So fingers crossed that it makes for good conversation. For sure. Hopefully, I don't you know cry or you know get too scared. So I think that'll do it. Do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, I just want to give a quick plug. To the Raving Geeks podcast, our sister podcast here on the CM Life uh, iTunes and SoundCloud channel thingy. Uh, Yeah, they talk about all things geeky, like all sorts of geek culture stuff, superhero movies, Star Wars, Star Wars. (laughs) That's Star Wars and Ace Hardware. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Tom, words are really hard today. I'm tired. Star Wars, Star Trek, Harry Potter, anything geek stuff, you know, comics. Like, listen to that podcast they talk about it all the time. I'm a producer for it, and I occasionally am talking on it. So listen to that podcast. It's a good podcast. Follow them, follow them on Twitter, at Raving Geeks. It's a good time. All right. Is that it? That's it. Yeah, that's all I got. They're our sister podcast. They're that makes us sister. a big brother. Big, big brother Even though we're watching. younger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's pretty much it, guys. Okay. And gals. <laughs> and anybody else out there. Uh, but yeah, uh, follow us on Twitter at CMU underscore Netflix Club. Be a part of the conversation. All right, and that's the end of the third episode. I'm Tom. And I'm Noah. See ya. See ya. See ya.